Hello, hello, this is Juan Adame from the podcast Let's Talk Business Insurance. I hope everyone is doing well. I want to thank everyone for attending today and listening to this episode. I've got a great episode for you today. Can't wait to dive into it. But first, I wanted to thank each and every one of you for all the great feedback I've been getting. Uh, recap of last week's episode. Uh, we had a great episode last week discussing how to prospect. And as uh, as you know, this is season two of my podcast on prospecting. And today is going to be episode two, getting through the gatekeeper. This is a great topic and I can't wait to dive in. Now, last week we discussed how important it is to know the end goal in mind when you're doing prospecting calls. And also we discussed how to ask for permission for the X date. And we also discussed how to be ready for the common objections. And we got you ready for the responses to those objections. So what a great episode. Um, please remember, I want to ask all of you again to please remember to keep sending me those voice messages. I love them. Uh, inside my podcast episode descriptions, doesn't matter which one you're listening to. If you go into the description, there's a link inside that details. Um, it says, send in a voice message. And I've been getting great feedback and ideas. And people have been sharing with me some of the thoughts on my episodes and some of the practices, some of the things I've been teaching them and that they've been learning. So please click that link and let me know what you think as well. So today, what we're going to do is today we're going to dive a little bit deeper on the how to prospect part of season two of this podcast. And specifically today, we're going to dive into a critical part of every prospecting call, which is getting through the gatekeeper. Now, one of the main reasons that people don't really like to prospect is due to the fear of rejection. Because uh, there's a lot of rejection on these prospecting phone calls. People know that. That's why if you go to any, if you go to Amazon or or if you walk into Barnes and Noble, I don't know if you can still walk into Barnes and Noble these days, but if you can, um, all you see is, is rows and rows of books on how cold calling no longer works and how you know there, there, there's new ways to get in front of people if you're in sales. That's why there's so many of those books is because people are making a living on the fact that salespeople have forgotten or have decided no longer to prospect some of some of them have because they just can't handle the rejection. You know, there there is rejection on prospecting calls, not only from the business owner, right? Sometimes you make it all the way to the business owner and they tell you to go fly a kite. <laughs> and but there's also a lot of rejection from the gatekeeper as well, right? That first call, that first contact, um, there's a lot of rejection in these calls, and some people just can't handle it. So if you're listening to this podcast episode, I want to congratulate you. I want to pump you up full of positivity and motivation and courage and confidence because you're one of the few, like myself, that still believes in this way of doing business. There is no substitute 
in my opinion, for picking up the phone and calling people that are busy. And yeah, it may take some time to get them on the phone, but there is no substitute for me or you to picking up that phone and, and spreading our message Billy Graham style, right? Right through the phone, right through the little holes on that phone, right into the business owner's heart and mind and soul. That is what, uh, for those of you that know me, you know that Brian Tracy is my favorite sales trainer of all time. And that's one of his, uh, his key, uh, key definitions is that the, the, his definition of a sale is the transfer of enthusiasm about your product or service going right into the heart and mind of your customers. And in my opinion, there's no substitute for prospecting and doing it yourself. Some people believe that, you know, social media is the only way to go now. You know, cold calling doesn't work. They, they believe that, uh, you know, hire someone in some other country to telemarket for you. Trust me, they find out real quick that those leads are no good. They're not pre-qualified. A lot of them are junk. And the reason is, is because there's no substitute for you, the insurance professional, doing it yourself. So I'll get off my I'll get off my soapbox for a moment, but I just wanted to congratulate you and 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 give you the encouragement that you need to keep doing it. So there's a lot of rejection in doing these calls, and this is just, in my opinion, just the cost of doing business, right? If you want more opportunities. To earn customers' business, you have to put in the work, right? And when you prospect for a new customer to speak to, you are going to spend a lot of your time trying to get the business owner on the phone. And many of these business owners will be in the field. They're going to be out there working. They're going to be running their business, right? So you will have to get used to the fact that you're not going to contact these business owners on the first few tries in most cases, right? There are some times when I've picked up the phone and I've called the lead the first time and the owner picks right up, right? But most of the time that's not going to happen. But remember what we spoke about in the last episode. If you're targeting bigger premiums with your prospecting calls, and in turn, you're targeting more loyal customers that are going to be staying on the books and valuing their insurance agent. You will have to make several phone calls. And you already know this, you know, but I just want you to think about this for a second. A $25,000, a $50,000 premium, right? Those are the ones we love. Higher premium accounts. Of course, it makes sense then that you will have to call this business owner 10 or 20 or sometimes more than 20 times to earn their business. You're going to have to make a lot of phone calls to that business. But do the math on that, right? On a $25,000, $50,000 premium and you're earning between 10, 15% commission or more in some cases on a $25,000, $50,000 premium, that's a great return on investment of your time, right? So that's why we prospect and that's why we do it. And that's why we love it. I'll gladly make any day of the week, I'll gladly make 10, 15, 20 phone calls to a customer trying to earn their business for that type of commission check. And I'm sure you would too, right? So if you have a strategy 
if you follow the process, if you trust the process, if you stay positive and confident, you can get through that gatekeeper and you can get that business owner on the phone and you can get a chance to earn that customer's business. Even though there's lots of rejection in those calls, you can do it and you can win at prospecting. Now, let's back up for a moment and, and define what gatekeepers really are. Okay, gatekeepers are best defined, in my opinion, as the receptionist, secretary, whatever you want to call them these days, an office manager, etc., of the business that you are calling on, the front desk, if you will, right? And gatekeepers can be your best friend to trying to earn a customer's business, or they can be your worst enemy, right? And I know this from experience. I know this from being new and not knowing how to do it correctly. And I know this now being a veteran and knowing exactly how to do it correctly. Their job, the gatekeeper's job, is to answer the phone and take care of customers. They want to get to they want to get the call to the right person in a timely manner and give their customers a good experience. They're the voice of the company, right? They're the first impression of the company. And some gatekeepers can also become your best friend. Some gatekeepers, when I've made prospecting calls, and, and shout me out if, if you've had this happen too, some of them will literally tell the business owner that they need to speak with you about the company's insurance needs, and they'll be your cheerleader. You ever had that happen? I'm sure you have, right? If you prospected before and you're any good at it, you've had that happen before. Well, that, that, uh, that gatekeeper basically becomes your cheerleader. And some gatekeepers are actually part of the decision-making process of the business insurance. So sometimes when you call, you may think that or, or put yourself in the mind frame that this is just the secretary or just the receptionist, just the front desk. So they're not really going to be a, an important part of my call. But some of them are, the, are part of that decision-making process. And some of them are the decision maker. Some of them are the office manager that the business owner gives complete 100% control to that person to go ahead and collect bids on insurance and decide which one they, they want to go with. And in most cases, when they bring them to the owner, they're like, this is the one that we should probably go with. And the owner just goes, yep, go ahead. So some of, some of these gatekeepers are willing to help you. But the key is they have to trust you. They have to trust you or they will not do any of those things. They will not be your cheerleader. They will not be your friend. They will not recommend you and they will not let you in on the process. Okay. So understand this. This is an important part to understand is that there are a lot of knucklehead salespeople out there and I'm being, I'm being, uh, a little facetious, but but I'm being serious here. There are a lot of knucklehead salespeople out there that are trying to prospect. And they're just tripping up and slipping up and, and they're just they're just getting in the way of the gatekeepers doing their job. 
some of these gatekeepers have really bad experiences with other salespeople calling the office. Okay. And so because of that, many of these gatekeepers will try to get rid of you as soon as possible because they assume you are just like the others. And, and to, to, to scare you even more, some gatekeepers are, are also literally coached by the business owner to make sure salespeople don't get through to them. It's just the nature of the beast. Okay. And so some of them, some of these gatekeepers will be rude to you. You'll say good morning and you'll just hear crickets, right? They'll be rude. Some of them will be rude and they'll hang up on you. You'll be in mid sentence. What I'd like to do. And, <laughs> and, but you're the insurance professional and you understand that you will not win on every call. That's not what you're looking to do anyway. You're just looking to get through on a certain percentage of your prospecting calls. And because you are a professional insurance agent or broker and you know your numbers, you know how to let that objection just roll right off of your shoulders. It just goes bye-bye. And you're on to the next call with the same smile on your face because you know that that's just the, that's just the cost of doing business. That's what it is. And you know that you're supposed to get three of those before you get through, right? If you know your numbers, you know that there's, you're only trying to get through a, a certain percentage. So you can't let that rejection get you down. But I just want to make sure that you understand why the rejection happens. Okay. So my point is this. If you play your cards right in the beginning and you are polite and you are courteous to gatekeepers, you may work your way through that gatekeeper, speak to the owner and win that account because you did one simple thing. You just didn't assume anything. You didn't assume anything about the gatekeeper. You just called him. And, and contrastly, you assumed that they were an important person to the company and you treated them with respect. And that's why you got through. That's why they became your cheerleader. That's why they trusted you. Now, on the other hand, I've seen this many times too. And raise your hand. Let me know if you've seen this too. If you treat gatekeepers like some salespeople do, if you treat them like you need to confuse them. You need to trip them up. You need to trick them into letting you through. Or maybe you'll get through if you're really rude. I even heard one funny one, little side note. I even heard one funny one before where they said, what you do is you call. And then when the gatekeeper hangs up or picks up, you hang up real quick. And then you, and then you wait a few seconds and you hope that that gatekeeper calls you back and thinks that maybe their phone got disconnected or something. Right? If you think that that's going to work, that confusing them, tricking them, lying to them, and assuming that they're not an important part of the company, many times what will happen is you, will, you have just ruined any chance you had at getting in the door with that company. I'm sure you get what I'm saying here. I, have, I bring this up because I have worked in many sales offices and I've managed many salespeople and many sales offices. I still do to this day. 
And I have spoken to these salespeople and listened to them tell me about a lot of the bad advice they were given and the slippery, uh, slick tongue willy, I like to call it, tactics to try and get through the gatekeeper. Don't do that. Be a professional like I know you want to be. So let's begin. Let's look at how to successfully get through the gatekeeper and get an opportunity to speak to the business owner. Let's get down to it. Okay, so let's dive right, let's dive right on in. So here are the things that you will need to be successful when you are making prospecting calls and you speak to the gatekeeper. Here's the things you're going to need. Make sure you grab a pen and a piece of paper. Um, this is You're going to get a lot of information here. We're going to cover a lot of stuff really quickly. So this is kind of like the stretching part, right? If you're running a marathon, you don't just jump in and run a 5K. You need to stretch, right? You need to visualize the breathing, the steps, the strategy, right? This is what you need to do. This is the stretching part. Before you make any prospecting calls, you have to be focused and in the right frame of mind. So you will need to be positive. Don't prospect right after you just had a fight with your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your significant other. Don't do that, okay? You'll need to be in the positive frame of mind. My super, super successful sales tip, my advice prospect after you just made a sale prospect more after you just made a sale or after you just renewed a big policy after you just got a big commission check after you um any successes that you've had prospect right then and there your attitude is positive you've got your mojo working it's like your 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 aura comes right through the phone right prospect when you're positive Okay, it's just like the old sales saying, again, Brian Tracy, when's the best time to make a sale? Right after you just made one, right? So prospect when you're positive, okay? Or it could be if you're prospecting and you were thinking about stopping or you, you've hit your mark to stop and you just got another X date, keep going, man. Don't stop, make another call, okay? But do it when you're positive because something's working. You will also need to be clear in your messaging. Make sure that you drink some water, not a lot, because you don't want to be running to the bathroom, but make sure you're drinking some water to keep your, your, your mouth and your, and your muscles ready to go, okay? You want to be clear in the way that you speak. Your volume is also very important. Your, vol your volume, when you make prospecting calls, your volume needs to be up a bit. Okay. If you speak normally on the phone to customers at a four or a five out of 10, when you prospect, you probably need to turn that up to seven. Okay. Let me give you an example. Here's an example of some, or I should say many prospecting calls are just like this. Hi, can I speak to Mr. and Mrs. Um, prospect, please? You see the difference in the volume? It's too low. If your customer, if you're prospecting, the biggest tip you can get from the person on the other end of the, of the phone is when they go, what'd you say now? I couldn't hear you. Can you say that again? What are they telling you? They're telling you your volume needs to come up a bit. Okay. Same thing if they say, now, what is it that you, I'm, I'm sorry, Juan, what is it that you're trying to do again? 
If the customer ever says that to you, what are they saying? One, you're not clear in your messaging, right? And you can definitely tell when somebody's not positive, right? When somebody on the other end of the phone is not positive, I can tell a mile and a, I can call, I can tell before that person even picked up the phone. I can tell by the way they answered the phone. This is ABC company. How can I help you? That person's not positive, right? So make sure that you are at a seven out of 10 on your volume. Make sure you're clear and make sure you're positive. Okay. A little tip. This is again, going back to the old school telemarketing days, get a mirror. Place it at, at your desk. I've, I'm sure you've probably heard that back in your career before. Look around your desk right now. If you are not seeing a mirror anywhere in, on your desk, there's a problem. Put it there. Trust me. It has done me wonders. Because what will happen is, as you smile, okay, that, that's my next tip for you. You need to smile. Because as you smile, when you speak, your, your tone, your tone and your volume, everything totally changes. It's like a, like a, like really, it's like a, like a psychological thing. And, and it's an actual, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's, it's really, um, it's a, it's apparent right through the phone, right? I can tell when somebody is smiling through the phone and I can also tell when they're not right. Your, 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 um, your muscles relax a little bit. You tend to get a little bit more clearer and you definitely sound better. Right. So get a mirror, place it at your desk and make sure you're smiling and spot check yourself when you're on the phone and you're prospecting or you're doing anything regarding sales. You're, you're talking sales to a customer. Make sure you check in on yourself. Look at that mirror and smile. That'll come right through the phone. OK. Also, make sure that you're sitting comfortably like right now I'm sitting in my recliner right? My, my, my desk chair, I'm sitting in it and I'm leaning back. Sometimes when I talk, I'm leaning back, almost like I'm looking up at the ceiling, right? That's when you can tell that somebody's having a really fun or engaging conversation is they're typically going to either lean back and smile, right? Like almost looking up at the ceiling or they're going to lean in, right? And get really attentive with the, they're, they're going to get really in focus with the phone. That tells me that they're engaged. Right. So make sure that you're sitting comfortably, you're relaxing your muscles. And last tip I'll give you is, well, second to last tip, I have one more, but one of the next tip I have for you is that you should always have a paper and a pen as you call. And that's it. That's it. Get everything else off your desk. Get those files off your desk. Get those random pieces of papers. Get those post-it notes. Get those out of your life. Move them out when you're making prospecting calls and just have your pen and your paper. It's okay to have your mouse and keyboard because you might need to be you know, pulling up their website or whatever. We'll get into that in a minute. But make sure that all you have is your, your phone, your piece of paper, and your pen. That should be all you're focused on. That'll help you focus on your phone calls. And it also tells your brain, hey, you need to be taking notes. You need to be writing things down. If a customer tells you they just had surgery, write, ask some questions, write that down. If the customer tells you about their son's uh, baseball game, right? How many, how many hits he had, how, how he hit the game-winning home run, write that down. Ask the son's name, write it down. That's how you stay attentive on the phone. Make sure you just have your P 
piece of paper, a pen, and your phone. Because did you notice that I didn't include the, your, your cell phone? Don't have your cell phone out. Okay, now if you're making the calls on your cell phone, that's different. But don't go on Facebook. Don't, don't play around on your phone. Don't check your messages. When it's time to prospect, you got to prospect. Okay, picture yourself like a like a like an athlete, right? Picture yourself like a pitcher. If you're a if you're if you play professional baseball and you're a pitcher and it's the ninth inning and you're the closer and there's two outs and there's two strikes, you do not see that pitcher pick out his cell phone from his back pocket and check Facebook real quick before he makes the next pitch. It doesn't happen. That's that's it's, professionals don't do that, right? So keep your cell phone away as well. Turn it off, move it somewhere while you're doing your prospecting calls. That'll keep you focused, okay? Last thing is you need to breathe. Right as you're making the phone call, as you're dialing the phone number, okay, as you're dialing the phone number, as soon as you finish the last number, lean back, take a deep breath in, exhale out, smile, and now you're ready. That's what it takes, okay? Take a deep breath. Exhale, breathe in, exhale, and smile. You'll be ready to go, okay? Lastly, I'll say this. Um, there is something to be said these days about your P's and Q's, minding your P's and Q's, okay? I'm a big fan of it. Um, when I make cold calls and I make prospecting calls, I'm a big fan of it. Um, some people say, you know, just kind of go, go a little bit more loosey goosey, even drop an F bomb here and there. I'm not that type of guy. I like to mind my P's and my Q's when I'm on the phone with customers, right? I use my pleases. I use my thank yous. I say, good morning. Good afternoon. May I please, may I ask a question? Can I get your permission? May I get your permission? Your P's and Q's go a long way with your customers. You never know what age range you're, the person you're going to be calling is going to be. And that may be just the thing that sets you apart from all the other sales knuckleheads that have called that customer today. So mind your P's and Q's. That's just a tip for me. Um, works for me. And, and I, I think, you know, of myself, uh, when I get sales calls, um, I prefer that as well. So just my tip. Also, another good tip is to when, when you're when you're asking questions or when you're when you're um, needing to get information, one of the best tips I learned from Brian Tracy was to ask for help. Ask for things in the context of help because there's something innate between all of us humans and all of us people. There's something in us that when somebody says, can you please help me, right? Uh, or I was looking for a little help. We just, as people, we want to help. Most of us anyway, right? We want to help. So always ask in the context of help. I was just looking for a little help. Maybe you can help me with something. Maybe you can help direct me where I should go. Hey, excuse me. You know how the company works better than I do. Could you please help me? blank, right? Always ask for things in the context of help. It just really works for me. Now, let's go through, um, now that we've kind of talked about the stretching part, right? Last note on, last uh, thing I'll say on that is, is to be positive 
have overwhelming confidence when you're making your prospecting calls, right? Always say good morning, good afternoon. Always use your please, your thank yous. It just works. Make a friend. Make a friend with everyone you speak to. You never know when you might need that person's help later on in the sales cycle. So one of the things that I always do when I'm prospecting is whoever picks up that phone, whoever I get transferred to, it doesn't matter. Whoever I speak to that day, I treat everyone the same, right? I'm sorry. I didn't catch your name. Nice to meet you. What's your role at the company, right? Ask them, what's your role at the company? Because you, like I said, you never know uh, if you might need that person's help later on in the sales cycle. Just a good, uh, good, you know, best practices. So now let's get into how the phone call is going to sound. Okay. This is, this is great. Let's, let's get into how it should go. Okay. I know this like the back of my hand. First, the gatekeeper is going to pick up and they're usually going to say their company name and then their name, right? It should sound something like this. ABC company. This is Cheryl or this is John. That's how they're going to answer. That's how they're going to pick up the phone when you call. Okay. And again, a little tip, make sure you write down that name. Make sure you wrote down Cheryl or John as the person that just picked up. Also, another little tip I like to use at this stage in the call, right in the very beginning, as I'm starting to go through, I'll pull up their website as I'm talking to them because sometimes they have pictures of the people in the office and it just helps me to kind of identify when I get a visual of them. Just a little weird thing I do, right? So they answer the phone with their company name and their name. You come back, your response, again, confident, positive, smiling. Good morning, Cheryl, or good morning, John. May I please speak with Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner? Then the call is going to go like this. When you ask for Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, I can guarantee you that gatekeeper is going to ask you, may I tell him or her who's calling? That's how it always works. Okay. Very confidently, very quickly, without hesitation and smiling, you need to come back with, yes, please let him or please let her know that this is Juan Adame from XYZ Agency, and I'm calling regarding the business insurance. Now, the reason that's important is I don't want to wait. I don't want to just go, yeah, can you tell him Juan's calling? You notice how I didn't do that? Because what's the next thing the gatekeeper is going to say? First of all, Juan who, right? And from where? That's the first thing they're going to ask. And then the second question or the third question they're going to ask at that point is what's this call regarding, right? And you do not want to put any red flags up in the mind of the gatekeeper. Trust me, you don't want to do that. So say your full name, say your company name, and tell them up front it's regarding the business insurance. Notice I didn't say the workers' comp or the general liability or the bond or the commercial auto. I just said the business insurance. I leave it vague because I don't know which line of business that they might need help with. And quite frankly, I want to write it all. So, so if, a, if a customer ever comes back to me and says, well, which business insurance? I'm going to say, well, I want them all if I earn it. 
right? I, I'd love to, I, I, I'm sure you're happy with your agent and I know you're busy. I'll be quick, but listen, I'd love to write it all, but let's start with, and then start with whichever one you're looking to talk to them about. Okay. So you always say your full name, the full name of your agency, tell them what it's regarding and then shut up. Don't say anything after you say that. Give the gatekeeper a second to think because you know what's going through their mind. They're going, hmm, do I know Juan Adami from XYZ Agency? And then they're going, hmm, I know what they're recalling regarding the business insurance. Is there any red flags there? Right? That's what's going through their mind. So after you say it, shut up. Let them have a second to think about it, process it, right? And then it, it, it's very important for the gatekeeper to feel like they're in control, okay? So you shut up and you wait. Now, the gatekeeper at this point is going to say something like, Juan, let me see if she is available. Let me see if she or he is available. That's when you, again, you say, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, John. I'll hold, right? Now, at some point during this call, and we and any of us that have been prospecting before, we know this like the back of our hand. At some point during this call, they're either going to transfer you right on over to the business owner or they're going to ask what? Go ahead and say it. I know you know. If they don't put you right on through, what's the question they're going to ask? You know what it is. They're going to say, is this a sales call? They're all, they already know. They, they might uh, say it in, in a different way sometimes. Like I've had people say, uh, Juan, are, are, are you our agent for our business insurance? Right? It's just another way of asking it. They're going, is this a sales call? Right? Now, a little, little response. I, what I love to say is, no, I'm not, but I would sure love to be. No, I'm, I'm not the current agent for your business insurance, but I would sure love to be. But I know how it goes. I've got to earn it first. Is he or she available now? That's how I respond. Quick, confident, positive, easy. I already know, like the back of my hand, right? So when that question comes up, is this a sales call? Here's how I would recommend that you respond to that kind of question. Don't lie and don't mislead. Don't do it. Again, if you do it, you're just being slick tongue, willy, trying to trick, trying to confuse the gatekeeper, and it'll just come back to bite you in the you-know-what, okay? When I hear this is a sales call, and when top producers hear the question from the gatekeeper, is this a sales call? Top producers, we're not afraid to say yes to this question. I have literally heard salespeople try to say no. Oh, no, 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 I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just... Don't do it. Don't do it. Again, all you're doing is putting up more red flags <laughs> in the gatekeeper's mind and you're 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 definitely not building trust, right? So I say yes. Don't come up with a slick tongue response. Try confidently stating the truth. Yes it is. Yes it is. That's how I respond to that. Now, I don't stop. There is no pause. I go something just like this. Yes, it is, Cheryl. I'm glad you brought that up. Just like every other business, sometimes you have to pick up the phone like I'm doing right now and talk to people to drum up business, right? I'd love to work with your company, but I know I have to earn it first. 
So is, is, is Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner available now? That's how you do it. Confident, positive, and tell the truth. Because that's exactly what you're doing, right? You're just trying to drum up business. And you're trying to earn it, right? So I tell the gatekeeper exactly what I'm trying to do. And I'll live with the results. I tell the truth. I li I'll live with the results. That's how it works for me. Okay. Now I want to discuss elevator pitches for just a second. Because if you can get through this part of it. Okay. And get to the business owner. That's great. But there are going to be times when after that question, is this a sales call? There are going to be times when there's no other way to do or, or to get to the next step, but to pitch the gatekeeper or, or I, I should say, educate the gatekeeper. Okay. What I mean by that is that the conversation that we are having with this gatekeeper can go south real quick if we don't find common ground, right? If we can't come to a compromise, and trust each other just a little bit. We don't we don't know each other yet, but if we can trust each other just a little bit and and find a common ground, we'll be okay. But if we don't, this conversation is going to go south real quick. So what you want to do in this case, right? Now the gatekeeper said, "Well, you know, uh, is this a sales call?" And you've said, "Yeah, it is. I know I have to earn the business first, but I'm just trying to drum up some business. Is Mr. or Mrs. business owner available now?" And they say, well, why don't you tell me what it is you're trying to do or, or something of that nature, okay? You have to keep this conversation going. So the only way I know how to do that is basically I know in my mind I'm going to have to pitch this gatekeeper and give her my pitch on what I'm trying to do so that she can mull it over and decide if she's going to put me through or not. That's the only way this conversation is going forward. I mean – you could hang up the call and get scared and hang up the call, but that's not going to help you either. And that's definitely not going to build any trust. So at this point, you just have to pitch the gatekeeper. Okay. That's, that's uh, just what you're going to have to do. So here, here's what you're going to need to do. They, they keep asking, what is the call regarding? Right. Or what are you trying to do? Okay. And, Top producers choose to educate the receptionist rather than trying to avoid the question. So even though I know I'm going to have to repeat the same presentation to the decision maker, I'm willing to put in the work, right? Because I never know. Again, the, the reason for this is that I don't know if that receptionist actually may be part of the decision making. They actually may be the decision maker of the company. They might be the owner's assistant. Who knows? right? And they just happened to pick up the call that day. So you can't assume anything, right? So here's what I would do. I would say something to the effect of, you know the company, Cheryl or John, better than I do. So let me explain why I'm calling. Or it sounds, Cheryl or John, like you're the person I should be speaking with. So let me tell you what I'm trying to do. And then what you're going to do is you're going to give them your elevator pitch. That's what you're going to do. You're going to give them your elevator pitch. Now, we covered this in another uh, episode, but a you know an elevator pitch is what you would say, right, 
if you were in an elevator with someone and that, that person next to you asked what your company does, the elevator pitch is your, your first to the fifth floor, you know, that, that three, four, five sentence description of what your company does and what you do. That's what an elevator pitch is, uh, elevator pitch is. Okay. So you basically, you have to have an elevator pitch ready to go. It's got to be ready to fire, right? So what you would want to do, it, it, it could, what it should start with is your name, your agency. You may want to write these things down. An elevator pitch should have your name, your agency, your years of experience, your expertise, maybe your market knowledge or your access of top programs and carriers, right? That's what your elevator pitch should have in it and be about, right? So it could be something like, my name's Juan Adami. I work with XYZ Agency. I've been in the industry for 15 years. My expertise is ensuring businesses just like yours. I have great extensive knowledge of the marketplace and all the different carriers and top programs. And I have access to over 200 programs to make sure I find you the best possible option. Something like that. I just kind of said that off the top of my head, but that's kind of what I would say. And then I would shut up and see how I felt that reception is through, how that, how that gatekeeper processes it and decides what they're going to do. Shut up for a second and let them process it. So an elevator pitch is very important. I, I, I highly encourage you to take some time, really think about it, write out what you think you'd say. Um, it, it just needs to be, you know, two to five sentences at most brief, but to the point. Okay. And then you need to figure out your closing question at the end of the elevator pitch. There's always a closing question that you should ask. Like after mine, maybe I should ask something like, so do you think it would be okay? Can I get your permission to, and then maybe it's, you know, speak with the owner about that or um, discuss that with Mr. or Mrs. Business owner, or you can flat out ask, are you part of that decision maker making process? Would it be okay if I speak to you about it? But the point is you should have some kind of closing question after your elevator pitch. That's how it should work. So I'm going to give you a second to kind of write all that down and, and, and process it. You sh a lot of light bulbs should be going off in your mind right now about some of the things you can say and some of the things you can do. But this is how the beginning of a prospecting call and getting through the gatekeeper, these are all the steps. The, I, I've pretty much listed out everything that's going to happen. Okay. That's exactly what's going to happen. So lastly, what we're going to discuss last is what you should do if you can't get past the gatekeeper. Sometimes the gatekeeper will not let you through the beginning process. They're being rude or they're hanging up on you. Or sometimes they'll just flat out, they're, they're being nice about it, but they'll just flat out say, I really don't think the owner would be interested. Or I don't really think we'd be interested. Okay. You have to decide, first of all, is this something I should continue to follow up on? right? I would, because again, I've told you, I assume that the harder it's get harder it gets to get through that gatekeeper. I already assume the better that freaking lead is. 
the bigger that premium is going to be and the more loyal that customer is going to be to me if I can earn their business, that is a great lead. So I probably would, even though they've been hanging up on me or they've been telling me the owner wouldn't be interested, I probably would be thinking about a different way in. Okay, this will happen to you on several prospecting calls, and you're going to have to be kind of getting used to um, how you're going to handle that. Now, a quick, a quick tip that I will give you that I've used before is something along the lines of try calling back at a different time. Sometimes I would write down what time I called that agency and kept getting that same gatekeeper, and maybe I would try a different time. I would try like uh, earlier in the morning or I would try later before I would leave, right? And many times what will happen is the receptionist has gone off shift and has, or, or hasn't come off, uh, come in yet, or I'd try at lunch. And sometimes I'd get a different, different gatekeeper at lunchtime. And this might just give you a shot with another gatekeeper. But the point is I don't take it personal and I keep trying. So that's just a little tip in case you're having trouble. So that's it, folks. That is our episode today. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope you kind of learned some things about how to prospect and most importantly, how to get through the gatekeeper. I'd love to hear your feedback. So please, again, continue to give me a voice message and send me those messages about what you think uh, of the podcast episode and some of your ideas. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait again to talk to you next week. We have another great episode coming next week, continuing the conversation about how do you effectively ask for the X date. I can't wait to get into that with you guys uh, next week. So until then, this is Juan Adame signing off from the podcast, Let's Talk Business Insurance. Have a great sales week, and I can't wait to talk to you then. Bye-bye now.